Fabio Grosso can put this penalty away, then the Azuri will win the World Cup. Italy are champions of the world. To Fabregas, surely now, surely now, Spain have won the World Cup for the first time in history. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Footy Fans Podcast. Andrew Santo and Joe. The semifinals have wrapped up. The final is set for Sunday. It's Argentina. It's France. France going back-to-back, trying to win since Brazil 1962 was the last back-to-back winners, if I'm not mistaken. Took a long time to get here. How many games were even played? I don't even know how many games were played in total. Shit ton. Yeah. And we were down to one game. A lot. <laughs> down to one game. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Argentina, Messi, big three nothing win against Croatia. Croatia held off for the long time. We know we we knew them coming into the World Cup that they're going to be kind of tough to play against. We knew that they're going to have a struggle to score goals, but that didn't seem to be their weakness in the tournament. It seemed like that was like, wait, no, sorry. I think their strength was obviously their defensive, you know, prowess. But for them to just outlast teams mm-hmm. and you know push to the extra time, trying to get maybe one goal, get a one nothing win. We see that they can win in PKs, obviously. That was like their winning strategy, but when you're going against Messi, this guy's just on a mission right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Argentina really showed up in a big way. If you're nothing winners, like I said, guys, what's your first response to that? Uh, I thought it was like very commanding from Argentina's perspective. Um, I think Messi's really showing you know, what he's all about right now. Um, like the things that he was just like pulling off in this game were crazy. Um, especially the third goal. I mean, I could watch the third goal over and over and over again. Cause I don't like, if you don't watch soccer, I think you might take it for granted what he did there, but you know, being just basically boxed in on the sideline, running by a defender, running full speed, slowing down and then turning one of the best defenders inside out, running full speed to the touchline and then making a pass back for a goal. And the fact that he made that pass is like a highlight of himself. Cause how many times, have we seen a player beat a defender, get that close to the net, and just try and like rip one? It goes side mesh, right? Yeah, <laughs> myself included. Santo, uh, literally the Santo. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't really beat guys now, but uh, not anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think Santo in his in his prime in his primo days. Oh, 21, Yeah, kids going sure. for goal. Yeah, <laughs> and missing ninety nine percent of the time. I digress. Yeah, I digress. Uh, but it was just like really, really good to see. Um, and yeah, Argentina. I think going to the final and. Currently, my favorite to win right now with how Messi's playing. Yeah, would be nice to see him win. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be a good uh, cherry on top. So I'm rooting for them more so than France. I think I wanted Morocco to win, but I think we all did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, no, I. It was it was a really good game. I mean, it was just really like you said, commanding performance by Argentina. Um, Messi showed his class once again. Um, so yeah, I think this is just gonna be a really good. It's going to be a really good final, I think. Um, so, can't wait. Yeah, goal and assist for, for Messi. I think he, with a PK goal that he scored, he tied Mbappe for the uh, the league. Mm-hmm. The, le- the league. For, like, the golden boot um, race. And just looking at the stats here, too, it's like this game, if you look at it, if you look, if you just hide the scoreline of 3-0, you would think that Croatia dominated this game. They had, mm-hmm. like, almost 
I don't know, almost, but they had a, like a lot more passes than than Argentina. It was six, uh, six oh seven to three ninety nine for passes. Possession was sixty one percent. Croatia, uh, twelve shots, only the two on target. Um, kind of is like what Croatia's downfall would have been for this tournament, other than their outbreak against Canada, where they put up four yeah. against arguably the weaker side. Well, it was the weakest side in the group. Um, sorry to say for all Canadians, but other than putting those four goals, I don't think they scored more than two any game. Right. Um, mm. This tournament. And like we said before, a couple of, when a, a couple of games even went to nil nil, um, pretty deep in the matches. So I think they knew that, and their strength was going to be the midfield. I mean, Brozovic, Kovacic, and Modric was like they're being touted as the best midfield core of any country coming into this tournament, and they really showed up and they they played well. Guardiola and on defense there. Let's see how long he's going to be at Leipzig for. He's probably going to have a lot of big clubs calling his name mm-hmm. in the next mm-hmm. few years. He's emerging as. Uh, you know, a top world-class defender. And then even their goalkeeper back there, too. Yeah. Uh, he put on a hell of a show. Um, Livakovic, I believe is how you pronounce his name. I think the comments yeah. are saying, like, saying Livakovic. I don't think it's Livakovic. I'd <laughs> be Livakovic. Yeah. Um, he did a hell of a job, too. I mean, he's kind of their their hero against Brazil, obviously, in the shootout. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, they put up a really good showing. And it's just, it, I think, I was telling, talking to you guys off-air or off uh, off mic earlier i think the biggest storyline might be for this tournament just the lack of finishing Mm -hmm. or the lack of clinical ability within like the final third for a lot of these countries and it also kind of highlights the good teams who can perform that like look at argentina like they're finishers they're clinical yeah france they're clinical england got to the world cup uh, quarterfinal because they're clinical like a lot of these countries were just able to score goals and they had to and Argentina, like I said, even them being back down in possession by 61 to 39, seven shots on target off nine shots, uh, nine attempts. Like that's a yeah. pretty good ratio. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're putting seven on target, you're bound to score one or two of them. Mm-hmm. In this case, they got two. Messi had the PK. That's three goals. And it was a very comfortable win from Argentina's standpoint. Even with the dominance that Croatia was showing possession and the chances that they were trying to create, I don't think Argentina ever seemed like threatened. Yeah, in this match. Yeah, and I think it was pretty comfortable from their perspective. I think you know Argentina was just really clinical, um, and even touching on the Morocco France game, uh, the commentator was even saying where that's the difference because Morocco had a few times where they were in the box and they just didn't take the shot, whereas literally a few seconds later, Mbappe's there. He just opened up and like tried to get a shot off right away, and I think mm-hmm. that's the difference, especially with the teams that have uh, world-class uh, attackers where they know, you know, if you're in a position where you can get a shot off, you don't need a perfect shot. Like, you, you need to start creating a chance for chances to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, the good teams know that, and they just, they try and get themselves half chances and try and take them. And, you know, the more you do that, the, the luck you're going to get. So I think that's the one thing... Um, you know, I think Croatia might have been lacking where they just, you know, maybe were not trying to be uh, as penetrative as they could have been, you know, trying to, you know, work and find the perfect way in when sometimes you just got to, like, just take your chances as they come, even as a half chance and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like you said, even today where uh, uh, when Morocco, the guy ran into the box... We'll, we'll get to, we'll get to no, but it's just the thing. Like that's the good teams. They just yeah they create their chances themselves. Um, they're not waiting for the per- most perfect opportunity. They're uh, you know Alvarez just uh, 
Yeah, he just just ran, ran ran at the D. Ran just ran and took his chances, right? Um, which sometimes you have to do. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. <laughs> um, so was the Argentina's path that they took to get to the World Cup final? Obviously, the first game they played against Saudi Arabia didn't go as planned. Not uh, at all. I mean, we were writing them off at that point, saying, "How is this team going to progress <laughs> past the group stage, even with them losing two one to Saudi Arabia?" On the 22nd of November, but four days later, they bounced back, beat Mexico 2-0. Then they beat the Polish side 2-0 on the 30th to secure the first spot in Group C. That put them against a matchup against Australia, who played pretty tough. I mean, mm-hmm. I know the scoreline says 2-1, and you know, you look at the stats, it's probably going to be heavily favored in, in, Austra- in um, Argentina's favor. But Australia played pretty well. Yeah. Like we've seen them against France, you know, put up their, their quick goal against France and kind of scare them a little bit too. And obviously they progressed to the knockout stage. So yeah, kudos to, um, to Australia. But uh, once again, it just, it was dominant by Argentina. Um, you know, it was an own goal in the, in the 77th minute to make the scoreline look a little bit better, but they're comfortably won that game. And then we get to maybe the game of the tournament. For sure. Well, uh, we'll see what happens in the final. But yeah, we'll still, see. Still game of the tournament for me. Argentina versus Netherlands. Quarterfinal matchup. Game finishes 2-2 because Netherlands put in two goals in the last 10 minutes of the game. Um, Where do we start on this one? I mean, like... <laughs> Honest, like, first thing I'll say is that this is a highlight as to why 2 0 is the most dangerous lead you'll Fact. ever have yep. in footy. Our, our, like, even me watching the game, I felt like Argentina was 100% in control. You know, what when they scored? They scored in the 35th and the 73rd. 73rd. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they get a fairly, you know, they get a goal, you know, that's fairly into, into the first half. Um, converted PK and they just they were comfortable you know they were keeping possession passing the ball around um, but then you know the goal from Netherlands kind of came out of nowhere it was cross the guy just headed in great goal with too. The sub. Nice. yes a nice goal. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like under the gun and then you get like the best free kick I think uh, I don't say best free kick I've ever seen but probably one of the top free kick plays I've ever seen the cojones to pull that off at that point in the game yeah, in the I don't know ninety plus eleven, so the hundred first minute of the match, it was something different. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, and there's a penalty, there was a free kick just outside the box in Netherlands' favor, and I think just a few minutes prior they took it, they had a, I guess PK or a free kick in a similar position, and I think they drove it like right into the wall. Yeah, yeah. So they they failed that attempt, and then this is basically the last kick of the match. Instead of trying to take a direct shot on net. It was almost like a fake shot, <laughs> slid in a little past a Veghorst, and then it just pots in the back of the net from yeah. the six-yard box. They had, you know, six guys lined up in the wall. They had a bunch of guys in the box, but who's expecting at that point that a pass is going to come through? Yeah, know, that, you with know. that many guys in the box, yeah, and you still pass the ball. Veghorst right is a big body too, big target to look at. So maybe that kind of swayed in their in their idea, like in their, in their thought process to maybe give them the pass. But you know, I think all three of us would look at that opportunity and be like i'm gonna be i'm gonna go down in dutch history i'm gonna snipe this free kick yeah i'm gonna put a top corner this is the confidence you need but i don't know who made the call was it was it bengal was <laughs> yeah, it who, was it like in the middle of like you know their discussion for the free kick like like what's what they're gonna do i have no idea but to pull that off at the time that they did 
with the emotion going on with with what was at stake was was yeah. monumental. Even yeah. even though they do end up losing this match uh, in penalties, spoiler. Uh, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in like World Cup history. Like that's mm-hmm. gonna go down probably. If they won the match, it definitely would have gone down. It's oh, one yeah. of the biggest moments. But for them to just extend it to the penalty shootout and give them a fighting chance, that's gonna go down in Dutch history probably. Yeah. For a long time to come for a long time going on. But even for us, it's like that's gonna be replayed forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like imagine that goes wrong. Like the, he just passed it and it just like went to a And then it's like it's you like, look at this camera, everyone yells at the TV, say, What the hell are you doing? Like But then it it yeah. probably works one time. They might have run that a couple of times in practice. Yeah. In a training session. It might have worked like one time out of like maybe twenty tries. Yeah. But that's all you need, right? Yeah, because it was like the I forget I forget his name. He ran across and the the one Dutch guy was like seemingly looked there to be receiving the pass, but he just like stopped his run and let it go past him and the guy just picked up the ball and rolled it into the net. Um like the stars aligned for that to go through. Like, yeah. For that to happen. Amazing. Everyone, uh, if you get a chance, watch watch the highlight, Netherlands, Argentina, free kick. <laughs> Briskiest thing ever, but like you said, yeah, <laughs> pulled it off. Um, so that was, yeah, that was before extra time. So that was in the 90 plus 11 minute, uh, mark of the game. Another, another situation where VAR or the referee makes the, I think they added 10 minutes to this game. Yep. I believe there was what, 17 red card or 17 yellow cards handed out or something in total. Yeah. This Um, one got a little 14. 14. There's 14 yellows, one red card to Dumfries in the 128th minute. So right before, um, the PKs took place. Dumfries for Netherlands, who probably yeah. would have been a PK taker. PK taker uh, gets a red card, but I mean, it was this is this is at the Spanish referee there too, I believe. I think he's the Spanish ref that I see all the time doing Champions League matches. He's pretty mm-hmm. well known, and yeah. I don't know if it was just the emotion got the best yeah. of him. I mean, it'd be interesting to see like when all the other cards did take place. If they're kind of like in bunches, how we normally see that happen. Um, because I don't know if they're like all. You know, spaced out appropriately. There might have been like you know six yellow cards in the span of ten minutes. Yeah, because there was rash challenges or high emotion in this game. Obviously, um, Argentina, I think, or somebody stormed the field at one point. Well, yeah, because uh, what's uh, I forget who was on Argentina, but there was a a challenge that went in on uh, Ake. I want to say it was, and then the Argentinian guy just like ripped the ball at the. Oh yes, bench, and then the bench and came out. Yeah, they understandably were upset. Um and then that's when things got a little feisty. But you need that in a game too, though. Like how much like for the average fan watching this game, yeah, or for the average person, like they probably text their buddy or something, call their buddy, and say, "Hey, you gotta put this game on." Like I know you don't like soccer or football, <laughs> or, you like, gotta put this game on. This is nuts. Yeah, and I know this only comes only every four years. The European Cup comes every two years, but when it does come, it is such an attention-seeking thing. Yeah, like event that it just sucks everyone in. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know many Argentinians, to be honest, in Windsor. But, like, I keep seeing Argentinian flags Argentinian now. flags everywhere. They're all coming out of the woodwork, apparently, every four years. They make themselves known. <laughs> but, I mean, this is a hell of a game. Finishes 4-3 on penalties. Um, Martinez, the goalkeeper for Argentina, kind of the hero. Yeah. Um, stopping a few of the PKs, like, right off the hop there. But, yeah, this, this game was nuts. Yeah, this is it's one of those games that's why, why we watch the sport. Uh, in the first place, just for the excitement, the class, just love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then that that set up the semifinal, which took place took place yesterday against Croatia. Sad to see Luka Modric out of the uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the commentators were saying that before the game started. Like one of these, 
superstars won't have a chance to play in a World Cup final. Modric being 37, I believe. Messi being up there in age as well. 35, 36? Messi? I think he's 35. Yeah. Um, so obviously their last World Cups, um, respectively. So Modric, shout out to him. Uh, he had his chance four years ago. Yeah. Um, not everyone can say they had an opportunity to get there. But I don't know. Can Croatia come back from this, you guys think? Or are they kind of... You see them they're on their way out now. Like they do have a young core coming in, but yeah, I don't know if they're up to snuff or up to the caliber like, of who they have now. Yeah, like replacing Perisic, Kovacic, Modric, all those guys, it's gonna be tough. That's a very like solid core. I mean, they're getting to the latter years. Um, so yeah, it might be a rebuilding uh, four years for Crow. We'll have to see. Yeah, and they're saying how. They don't even. They haven't had a Manzukic since Manzukic. Mm-hmm. Like, did he play four years ago? Can't remember. If he did, he was like, he was rough. <laughs> <laughs> if he if he was there four years ago, he's been like their go to striker for mm-hmm. you know the last decade basically. Yeah, I think before him it was like Orsic, I think was his name was or something or Oz o- Ozic, Olic, Olic, maybe Olic. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like playing FIFA like. FIFA 11 or something. Yeah. Like, who was who was on Croatia? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm saying yeah, I'm sure they'll come around. There's enough talent coming out of that country and a lot of in, or a lot of domestic players playing in Croatia that you know will probably get their break coming soon and you know maybe seek some other uh, European clubs to you know raise the game a little bit in the in the next uh, next upcoming years. But I'm sure we'll see them back relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, when Italy comes back. Yeah, hopefully at least in the next one. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Sad to see him go. I mean, I still remember the days like Modric at Tottenham. Um, yeah. Just tearing it up and then his moved to Real and he just like really flourished at Real, which, you know, it's big. You had a lot of players going there that just their careers didn't really work out. Uh, but what he's been able to do there uh, and do for his country is it's really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, sad to see him leave the international stage, but... Still think he's got some some things to get done at Rail. Yeah. Remember Nico Crancher? No. For Tottenham? Nico Crancher. I recognize that name. Tottenham, Croatian player before Modric. Or maybe at the same time. I do not. He was he was like a lot of hype. Kinda good for like a while. Like he was kinda like Croatia's golden boy before Modric. Like really took off. Um no. Hmm. No, nah, he was he was pretty good too. Yeah, uh, but he was like probably two thousand and like five Tottenham or something. Yeah, it was, okay. it was a strange time for them. <laughs> Anyways, next semifinal, France Morocco, just wrapped up a few hours ago. France progressed to their like I said back to back World Cup finals, looking to repeat since Brazil, nineteen fifty eight, nineteen sixty two. We had not seen a repeat champion. <sighs> do, are they destined to do it again? You guys think like they they have a good squad. Obviously, the experience is there. They don't have many gaps or holes in their team. Play a different game than Argentina does. I feel like Argentina relies a lot on, like, pace and, like, obviously, like, one kind of one-dimensional mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. attack. Like, we see Messi, like, be, you know, their their main, um, like, target man, their main guy for creativity. France, they kind of have it coming out everywhere through the wing play, through the middle, through Mbappe himself. Um, defensively, France is very good as well. But... I don't know. What do, you th- what do you think? Yeah, I I mean, if France was, if they had their full team, I would say France. Benzema included, course, Pogba you know, included, Conte. Pogba. Um, but with the team now, 
you know, obviously they're still putting in really good performances. I think their D might really struggle with Messi and just uh, the attack of Argentina. Um, I think Alvarez might cause him a lot of problems, especially with how he's playing. Uh, so I think you could see um, France get pretty exposed by Argentina. Uh, I think the midfield battle is probably going to be pretty intense, though. Um, so we'll we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, this is a big match. I think both teams are really going to... Um, you know, put a lot of time into preparing against each other for this um, with the short amount of time they have. But um, I don't know. I, I probably lean the Argentinian way right now. Ooh. Yeah, I do too. I just, I'd, I'd they rather, got too much. Them. I, they got too much, I think. Um, like I'll set up that. If France had their full team, it might be a different story. But um, if I think Argentina at their best uh, would beat France at like France's best with who they have right now. Um like but like Santos said if, if Conte Pogba Benzema were there it'd be a different story, but um I think Argentina will be able to deal with Mbappe. Um mm-hmm. but I think Argentina's gonna have a tough time or France's gonna have a tough time with Messi, I think. I mean it is one of those situations like it's a World Cup final. It's like there's a lot going on mentally for players. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know it's it's like that for every game really like it's whoever shows up on that day but there's only the one situation we saw a final get like really blown out right Germany Brazil um, when Brazil was just like on top of the world um, I don't really see that wasn't a final it was a semi-final yeah 7 nothing. that game 7-1 well, who would they play in the final Argentina. Germany played Argentina oh, yeah. in the final. Oh, yeah. Gotze. Gotze scored in like the 100 oh, yeah. whatever minute. Um, oh, yeah. I totally forgot that was... Yeah. Uh, my mistake. Uh, but... <laughs> well, uh, well, see you, But folks. no, that's, uh, that goes to it. Where, you know, with with football, you, you don't... Like, it's... There's such high emotion here. And I think players, you know, put everything into the game. Um, I, I don't see a team really, like, allowing that to happen to themselves. Uh because they're just not going to let that happen in a World Cup final. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've seen it so many times in, yeah, especially in football, but other sports too, where the teams are so evenly matched that they almost cancel each other out. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen it in, even in this, in this World Cup tournament, we've seen, I'll, I'll go to the African side, like Senegal, Cameroon. They have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia against Argentina, first game of their group. They have nothing to lose. So they're going to go balls to the wall. If they get blown up 4 nothing, they get blown up 4 nothing. Yeah. If they can pull off a crazy win two one, if they can be super exciting and score goals and be high high pace, whatever, they're gonna go ahead and do that. In a final, you don't take those chances. Yeah, World you Cup final, you're playing it safe. Understandably yeah, so. You don't take those risks. I'm, yeah. like, we're not trying to preview the game and say it's gonna be a stinker because hopefully it's not. Like an early goal would obviously really spice yeah. things up, but it's one of those things where yeah, you're gonna be there'll be a lot of passing between these two sides. There'll be a lot of possession kind of going back and forth. And the chances are probably going to come few and far between, I'm predicting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's just going to be who we think is going to be more clinical, like, which, like what we talked about earlier. Who's going to create the chance and then be the one to score it? Yeah. Like we know we've seen today in, on France's second goal, Mbappe almost did like a crazy solo effort and beat four guys to score. Um, ended up being uh, Muani who scored it in the 79th minute. The ball kind of just fell to him on a plate. Mm-hmm. he tapped it in but 
a guy like Mbappe, he can get past three guys and score a goal. Messi yeah. can obviously do that too. Alvarez can do that too. Like the chances are going to be few and far between, like I said, but it's just going to come down to who can convert. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like I feel like my money might be on France in this one. Yeah. I when when Argentina was kind of making this pathway to get to the final. And when Ronaldo was still there with Portugal before they got knocked out by Morocco. Shout out to Morocco, by the way. Um, crazy run. Crazy. Uh, people were saying, like, who's who's going to be? Is, are we going to see Ronaldo, Messi final? Yeah. You know, who's the greatest of all time? That whole discussion again. And my personal point of view, I didn't want Argentina to get here and Messi to win just to say, like, Messi won a tournament. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like that's obviously a great narrative. It's a great storyline. But like, I don't want to. I don't want to be like, if he doesn't win, I'll, I'll be sad for Messi. Like, it's just okay. He didn't win. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Like, I don't say that he. Like, I don't want to be on a bandwagon of Messi to be the winner just because he like who he is. Like, if you're mm-hmm. the best team, you deserve to win. Yeah. Like, you know, in the world of football, it's not just one individual player. We know that. Like, like the whole team of Argentina. Yes, Messi's put away five goals this tournament, but the whole team has played well enough for them to get there. Right. Um, uh, Mbappe as, as well as put in five goals this tournament as well, but like it's it takes the whole team to make it there. Mm-hmm. So Argentina is a good team. Yeah, like I think Messi's five, three of the five goals were penalty shots too. So like, I mean, maybe two of us could have put in three penalty shots <laughs> from this panel at least. But I don't know. It, it's it's I, I don't want the narrative to be like, oh, Messi deserves to win because he's Messi. Yeah, and this is his last chance. So yeah, it's a good story, but like I don't. I don't want to be like, oh, he has to win because it's him. I'm going to be so pissed off if he doesn't win. It's like, eh. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just me. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You know, I don't think anyone's really entitled to. Yeah, it's a good Entitled, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, Messi and Ronaldo aren't owed a World Cup or mm-hmm. Euro Cup just because of who they are. Like, they have to, like, you have to earn it just like everyone else, right? Um, I personally would like to see him win, uh, just because he is probably my favorite player to watch. Uh, you know of every player I've ever watched. Um, but yeah, to your point, like they're, if they win, it's because they deserve to win. Um, you know, in a, in a one game knockout, really like that's not always the case. I mean, France could totally dominate and it's just like one moment of magic and Argentina mm-hmm. puts it away. But, um, yeah, of course, if Messi wins, you're going to see headlines everywhere. out like Messi is yeah. the greatest because he did win, which I, I personally think he is just because of, uh the player he is i i forget which one of the pundits were talking about it where you know you could you could argue goals you know the actual stats but i do agree with what he was saying like what messi does outside of what you can put stats wise like ronaldo doesn't really do and you know i don't see any other players i think hazard's probably the closest i've seen to like get to that level Mm -hmm. um but Messi just, you know, is out of this world in terms of what he's able to do um, that contributes to his entire team. And, like, for me, that's probably one of the hardest things you could do as a player. Because, you know, converting chances, yes. But if you're able to do things that constantly bring your team to get results and you're not in, like, that thing stats-wise, I think that's that's really tough. Yeah. I do also do really like how the Argentina team's like rallying around like, oh, we got to get Messi this World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the pundits made a good point how Messi took the first free kick against the Dutch, um, which 
goes to show his leadership is like no i gotta t- i gotta take the first pk so we can get ahead and not like be the fifth taker and get like all the glory as like the fifth pk taker yeah. um so i thought that was really interesting yeah mm. yeah i chose his character for sure yeah and I, the, the argentinian fan base has been really behind Messi more than ever this tournament because they're sh- like he's showing emotion finally mm-hmm. like after the van after the um dutch game he was like making comments towards van gaul and like tripping him a little bit and stuff and you can see during the game he's getting feisty with other players. And yeah, he just seems to elevate his play right now. Obviously, this is the World Cup. This is the last chance he'll be there. But we've known Messi is like the quiet, you know, keeps to himself, doesn't do many interviews. He's, mm-hmm. not, he's the opposite. He's him and Ronaldo are the polar opposites of each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. where Ronaldo is all about the headlines and and to be on the Times Square billboard, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. And Messi just like quietly, low key, the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. And he keeps to himself, and he's very modest about it. But in this tournament in particular, he's showing up. Yeah, he's definitely playing at another level. And like I said, he's he's animated. He's feisty. He's he's yelling at players. He's getting into scuffles. He's talking to referee more often. He's, you know, he's scoring his goals. He's celebrating his team like fist pumping, like yeah. jumping on the like. You know, he's we don't see that from Messi very often. He's very much more like, okay, I scored a goal again. Like mm-hmm. this is my seven hundredth goal. Like I yeah, just nonchalant kind of go to the bench. You know. Um, so we're seeing a very different Messi, and I only made my comment because I've seen people talk about it already, saying like he deserves to win, like he has to yeah. win. Yeah, it's like, like you don't deserve. Yeah, <laughs> you don't deserve anything. Yeah, like you're not gonna get gifted to you, bro. You gotta play against it, the best team in the world right now. Yeah, in in France. Um, yeah. So let's just uh, talk about the France Morocco game. Like I said, just wrapped up a little bit, a couple hours ago. Taylor Hernandez scoring the fifth minute set the game on fire. Um, Morocco though they, I, I want to say they kind of outplayed France though in this match. Yeah, um, they they both had well Morocco had thirteen shots towards the target. France had fourteen. Morocco had three on target. France three shots, three uh, three shots and two goals. Again, that's that's the disconnect, right? That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being clinical when you have to be. But Morocco possessed them sixty two to thirty eight. Um, they had passes five hundred seventy five to three sixty three. But like Santo alluded to. It was just not taking the right opportunities when you had to. Mm-hmm. I think one glaring moment was like in the 70th minute, some guy from Morocco, the number nine there, he beat like oh, yeah. three guys and then he's in the box and had literally four chances to shoot the ball and he just dribbled Did, past one more guy. Didn't shoot once. Has, yeah. Has another chance, takes the other way, past another guy. Just shoot the freaking ball. Yeah. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen. You got 39-year-old Hugo Lloris in net. You might just have a stroke and miss the ball Yeah, for all I know. And like just do it. Yeah, and that's and that's the one caveat where it's like, you know, we do joke a lot about like strikers being selfish where, you know, there's a lot of instances where they should pass. That's but, a that's a shoot first moment. And, and but that's the thing. <laughs> like there has to be some part of you where unless there's not a very obvious pass or thing for you not to be selfish, just like take your shot if it's there, right? Mm-hmm. Um like you have to take it. You you're not you're nothing's gonna drop for you if you just keep trying to wait and wait and wait mm-hmm. for the perfect shot yeah uh and yeah i was watching it i've never seen oh, i forget his name uh is it i forget it was peter jury who said it um whatever the commentary i've at, for the first time ever i actually heard him yell to him just to like hit it during the game he's just like just yelled like hit him. Might have been Townsend instead of uh-huh. I think it was or Townsend. no, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, him. he was like, um, the, yeah, the, he's like the, the secondary commentator. Yeah, yeah, and he's he like, just like yelled. <laughs> he's funny. He just like yelled for the first time. I was shocked because I think even him was like, "Why is this guy yeah. shooting the ball?" He's like, shoot the ball. Yeah, 
<laughs> it's funny to see like them because they're so neutral, right? They have no stake in the game at all. And yeah. it's like they just want to see maybe an upset. They want to not to see yeah. France win or something, but they also want to see quality chances taken. Yeah. Taken, right. Well, I was I was thinking the same thing. He's like, like shoot, and then he made the good. And that's what I mean. He made the good point where Mbappe was in the box, kind of had a half shot, and he just like took it, and it just fell nicely for uh, what's his face, uh, Wani. Who just came on? And he's like, that's what happens. You just take the chance. Um, especially if you're in the box. Yeah. You have to like. He did all the heart. The let's forget yeah. the guy's name. He's never, he was number nine. Um, where is he? Hamdala. Yeah. Yeah. He was a substitute at some point in the second half, and he did the dirty stuff. He got through. He got. He carried the ball in the box. He got past at least three guys, and then it was just like fake shot, <laughs> fake shot, fake shot, and then, yeah. then he ran himself too wide, and then just lost the ball. Yeah. He could take in literally three shots on net from anywhere between you know. 14 to 8 yards out it seemed like yeah um, and he just didn't take his chances there and then I think that might have been before the second goal for France as well so that again if he would have um, if he would have done that and, and converted or you know rebound happens and Morocco puts one away makes it 1-1 game you know with 15 minutes 15 minutes left to play let's say and at that point anything can happen Morocco were on the front foot most of the time during this game yeah and like I said the the Chances were both three on target per side, but um, yeah, Morocco just seemed to to really be there, man. And, yeah, and we've seen them as well in this tournament, just in like the stretch of games that they had. The defense was like definitely their priority. Yeah, like this is the first game that they allowed an outfield player to score a goal on them. Canada scored on them in, in an own goal uh, situation, but other than that, they didn't allow any goal mm-hmm. up until the tournament. Up until this mm-hmm. part of the tournament. Um, they were able to get games in extra time. They were able to, you know, squeak games out one nil, two nil, and then this is, the, you know, this is what happens when you face arguably the best country in the world. Um, you just can't crack them, can't break them down, and then, like we said on this whole podcast theme, three shots on target, two goals. Yeah, just just clinical. Um, sad to see Morocco get out. Um, I know. I think they're saying there was like fifty thousand Moroccan fans in the stadium. Um, they were Moroccan too, like Moroccan the, the stadium, Moroccan. bro. They were rocking. <laughs> dad, dad jokes are out. <laughs> Thirty three minutes in, I had to. Uh, no, but you know it's great to see you know the whole country rally around this team. You know, kudos to them making it farther than any African team in history in the World Cup. Uh, and it was just great to see all like the emotion. Um, and again, just uh, a country that's um, you know hasn't really been known for football. Um, just come and you know start really taking it to some of the top teams in the world. Yeah, they put on display. Mm-hmm. Hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just look at France's path to the final. First group stage match, Group D, that four-one win against Australia, going down one-nil in that match early, came back and solidified their their place as group winners, uh, being them four-one. Played a Denmark side who kind of seemed to disappoint. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think we we're all in agreement on that. High hopes of them at least progressing to the knockout stage, especially in a group that had the likes of Australia and Tunisia in them. Yeah. Uh, we thought Denmark would definitely you know, get out of that one, but they actually finished last in the group. Um, so France beat them 2-1. And then Tunisia, a little bit of an upset. Uh, third uh, third group game for France. I think at that point, it was pretty sealed that they were going to be the first overall mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, seed, if you want to call it that, out of Group D. No excuse, though. You still got to, you know, play up you know play up to your to your potential and, and win games 
especially in the group because you never know what can happen. Um, but they lose 2-1-0 to Tunisia. And that set the stage for them to go against Poland, who they uh, pretty handily beat 3-1. Lewandowski scored like a 90, I don't know, 6th or 97th minute mm-hmm. PK to make that scoreline 3-1. Other than that, France seemed to be pretty much in control on that one. And then we get to the quarterfinal matchup against England. Mm. Uh, 2-1 win for France. What didn't happen uh, in this match? I mean, you guys can say this guy's name who scored. Chuameni, was that it? Uh, Chuameni, yeah. yeah Chuameni so. scores uh, for France in the 17th minute. Harry Kane comes back for England, ties it in the 54th minute with a PK. And then Olivier Giroud, I mean, what can I say about this guy? Yeah, you know, he beautiful beard, beautiful <laughs> hair, beautiful goal. Um, he, the guy just scores, man. Yeah, like it doesn't seem like they're missing Benzema too much. Like I'm sure, like if he was here, he'd be putting in chances that they they normally wouldn't. But Drew's Drew's playing really well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he he missed a chance right before his goal, which yeah. he should have converted. So to come back and score right after you miss a huge chance is is huge. Um, there was one he ripped off the post today mm-hmm. against Morocco, um, which if, for once it's really nice to see a forward just like go and just like take a shot that's actually on net. Uh, that's really hard. Uh, but yeah, I'm really liking how he's playing. I love it. One, you, like your main man's out. You just have your other forward come in and just put in a performance. Well, he's been playing in Italy for Milan at a high, high level the last couple yeah. of seasons. And even when he played for Chelsea, I was kind of pissed off when he left because when he played for us, he just got goals. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he, I think he got a Champions League hat trick against a side for Chelsea, and then that might have been in November, and then he went to Milan in January. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> yeah, like he, because at that point we had Tammy Abraham, Timo Werner was still there, who the guy we don't talk about, and they just weren't scoring. And then whenever Drew scores or whenever Drew plays, he scores. And then they send him off to Milan in January. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He, what just happened? <laughs> he is the epitome of like any half chance. He's gonna try and get something on net. And I believe now he's France's all-time scorer, uh, goal scorer too, in international. Oh yeah, either yeah. international or World Cup. I can't remember. Oh, um, it's one of those two. I he, think I know international. He set, he set one of those uh, those records. Yeah, um, he has more than Terry Henry now. Yeah, I think he's probably just played maybe longer. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, and, and him too, in the comparison to Benzema, just different dynamic of a player too. Yeah. They both obviously can play the number nine role pretty well, you know, come back, support, be a target man, but Drew in the air, I want you to put any other defender yeah. up against that guy <laughs> and like, it's going to be a hard battle. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I don't care who you are, Varane, or oh, same team. I mean, um, <laughs> Van Varane going against you. <laughs> I was in the Tough. club, I was in the club level. Yeah. Like, you know, Van Dyke or, you know, DeLitt for Bayern, like anybody who's like good in the air. You put him against uh, against Giroud. I want to see who comes out of that one on top. Yeah, um, and Giroud does have that he has fifty three goals for France, exceeding Thierry Henry who has fifty one, yeah. with less caps one sixteen, and Thierry Henry had a one twenty three. Oh, there we go. It's a little more efficient. Yeah. Um, Almost a goal every other game. Yeah. Not bad. No. It's good. Not too bad. Yeah. I mean, I always liked Giroud as a striker. I always thought he never really got the credit that I always thought he was due because, like you said, he always, whenever he played, he just score. Or he, he was goals, effective. He um, you know, he's it, like he didn't score every single game, but he was just just solid. You could just count on him. You're like, you know, he's going to be a 20-plus goal a year striker at least. So 
Yeah, and at this stage of his career, he was coming off the bench more often for Chelsea, let's say. But then, since he's gone to Italy, he starts every game. He mm-hmm. gets goals there, so he's in form for Milan. He was probably going to come off the bench in this game because I don't think France would play two strikers up top, especially with having Mbappe as well. So most likely would have been Benzema by himself and Giroud off the bench, mm-hmm. um, depending on what was happening during the match. But he's getting his his chance, like Santos said, and he's just filling into Benzema's shoes, mm-hmm. and he's he's scoring goals in every way possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then he puts the game up. He puts France up two one in the seventy eighth minute against England, and then Harry Kane. Yeah, like <laughs> tough. Like it's never okay. At this stage of the tournament, obviously a penalty shot. All the pressure is on the all the pressure is on the kick taker. Yep. The goalkeepers have no pressure. Let's just get this out there to the public. Goalies have no pressure on penalty shots because you're not expected to save. Mm-hmm. The, the kick taker is taking a direct free shot from 12 yards out on the world's biggest net against yeah. obviously world class goalkeeper at this stage of the tournament. Yeah. But you're expected to score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stats will show that. Everything will show that. But again. The intangibles, the things that you can't show on a stat sheet, the pressure, the sweat dripping down your brow, your heart rate, all that shit's pumping during just a regular PK. And you're taking your second PK to against do that club. again. <laughs> you're, sec- you're taking your second PK against your club, your club goalie. That's gotta be going through Harry Kane's mind. Yeah, yeah. Like and he, that's he absolutely buried his first one. Yeah, yeah. At, like complete total rip. Second one comes up. What is he supposed to do? Just go to the same side. Go to the opposite side. Wait for the Reese to make the first move. Hand up doing nothing of those things. Does another yeah. Baggio and kicks it 15 feet over the net. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the toughest situation you're ever going to be in. Um, yeah. Like Joe said, you're going against Larice, Play on the same club team as him. He knows you better than any other goalie. You're in the quarterfinals. You already took a PK. So you're in your head probably the most you're ever going to be in a PK situation. Um you know, I, I can never criticize someone for PKs. I mean, we've all seen it. We've all been there. Um, I've been there. Championship game. Missed. Lose. Not fun. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things, right? You just... You you try and do what's best in that situation. Uh, you have to go with what your gut's telling you to do. Um, I think he just tried to rip it down the middle. Maybe got caught in two heads of doing what he did before and going down the middle and just, like, hit it over. Um yeah just it sucks um you know he's the captain he has to take the lead on his team to take the pk um for me anyone who goes in that position whether you miss or score you're you know you're a hero just for taking it because the guts it takes to like mm-hmm. put yourself in that situation yeah, like I said, but you have what england and harry kane though what do you mean I mean, I don't know if the fan base would be like totally behind him on this one. Well, you know, depends who it is. It, it, yeah, of course, you know, obviously, there's probably an outpouring of support and an outpouring of hate uh, <laughs> going in his way right now, which is unfortunate because, uh, you know, any other person that doesn't play football, you put them in a situation like they w- they probably wouldn't even be able to like shoot the ball and mm-hmm. poop their pants. Um, uh, I forget what I was going to say now. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Go, um, <laughs> go switch, <laughs> Joe. Um, sorry, it's tough. I don't know what you just threw me off. With <laughs> <laughs> how fans are gonna? Well, because it's like you can't, you can't be like, oh yeah, he, the fans love him. It's like they probably want to kill him right now. Like that's yeah. the biggest missed opportunity. Well, no, okay, yeah. So I was gonna say, um, 
<laughs> yeah, now I remember. Uh, it's just you have everything to lose. Like especially in today's age, you know you're going up there. You have to score. Mm-hmm. If you miss, you're gonna get tons of hate. It's gonna explode off the internet. Everyone's gonna be asking questions. You're gonna be like the biggest headline as to like why did Harry Kane miss and like knocking Lynn out. Team's not gonna be able to go and play in the World Cup in another four years and then hopefully get to that point. It's all his. It's all it's all on your shoulders. So it's like <laughs> you you have to understand that like that mm-hmm. pressure is on you. Like it is the hardest free shot you're ever gonna take from yeah. twelve yards away. Yeah. 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 Very tough. Uh <laughs> not much I can say to like console Kane. <laughs> but yeah, no, like you said, it's just all because I keep saying it's like, how do you not score a PK? But it's just, even for them, it's just all pressure. It's yeah. just so much pressure and that gets to you. Because um, really, if there's no pressure, like they would, they're just in the park. Yeah. Against even a really miss. good goalie, they would probably never miss. Probably. Yeah. Never miss, but like just the situation, it's very tough. Yeah. And even going back further into the tournament, when Spain played Morocco, I believe. Yeah. Correct. Uh, that game that game into a shootout, and Luis Enrique, the coach for Spain, said that the previous World Cup they lost in a shootout. To was it in the shootout? Or was it in the was it in the Euros to Italy? They lost in a shootout. Well, well, they lost to Italy in the Euros. Was yeah, shootout. Yeah, yeah shootout. So, yeah, so I think it might have been that. He said something about um, since that time he made. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, he made every player on the team. That's like back for the season. Take a thousand penalty shots. That's what he said. He said they've been practicing <laughs> PKs from that time till now. You have to like rack up a thousand PKs on your practice time, whatever it is. You know, playing for your club, doing whatever training sessions in order to like you know progress for the for an upcoming shootout to you know progress on. Like you're gonna be prepared. Mm-hmm. They lost in a shootout. <laughs> and they missed three out of their four shots. Yeah, brutal. They yeah. were brutal against Morocco in the in the shootout. Yeah. So, again, no matter how much pressure, how much uh, practice you actually you know take part in, mm-hmm. there's a shit ton of other things going on, head game wise, on penalty shots. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it would have if he would have tested Larice. Yes, it would have been less scrutiny probably towards him. But to him, for him to sky it the way he did, mm-hmm. that's that's a head game thing, mm-hmm. right? Hundred percent. Um, yeah, can you never prepare for that situation? No. So a huge missed opportunity for England. Obviously, this is this is probably one of their their stronger sides. Um, if you look, at, if mm-hmm. you listen to our preview show, we really went broke down England a lot. Um, we went deep into their into their squad and their depth and who we thought was going to be like their their go to guys. You know, Kane put a lot of goals away. Bellingham got a couple um, timely goals for them as well. But I think it ended up just coming down to not having enough creativity. Mm-hmm. And maybe relying a little bit too much on Harry Kane, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to uh, to contribute. And I don't know. You, you started Harry Maguire in the back. What do you think was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> he Harry. actually played decent. This he tournament. did. He actually. I don't say he played good. good. He played okay. He played good enough for yeah. to get, He played good enough to allow them to get to where they went. Yeah, yeah. nothing's nothing's like really stood out in this tournament with him. No. He's just like been, he's just kind of there. Yeah, he's been a defender that hasn't really screwed up. Let's see if that translates to the club level when he comes back. Yeah. Let's see if he's even part of the squad. Um, so, yeah, so France came, came away 2-1 victors in that game against England, solidifying their place in the semifinal against Morocco, which we already talked about today, which, again, they won 2-0. Sets up the World Cup final this Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
Argentina versus France. The headline is going to be like obviously Messi trying to get his first ever World Cup, and France trying to go back to back. You guys are both on Argentina side. Sounds like. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm leaning towards them. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. I don't want to always play like the experience, like card, but the experience that France has right now, and like just they're just finding ways to win, man. They're just yeah. They're they're kind of like a machine right now. I think. Destiny is definitely on Argentina's side. Yeah. But I feel like the money might be on France's side. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you got Mbappe versus Messi. It's uh, it's close as you're going to get. 35. Uh, <laughs> this is, I don't know what website this is, but this might just be like Google's website or something. Yeah. For the match, but it's 34% for France, 35% for Argentina, 31% for extra time, which isn't really like. I guess it's a draw, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, I, I for the 90 minute probability, win probability. I will say, I mean, you know, even just looking at percentage what percentage wise, this going to PK is like I'm probably I'm very comfortable in saying that like there's a very good chance it's going to go to PKs. Yeah. I I really see probably like a really shut down. Think you're going to have France trying to like shut down Messi, making sure like he doesn't like really do anything crazy. You're going to have the same team, you know, really trying to contain Mbappe. What's going to be really cool to see, I think, though, is that Messi in particular, but even Mbappe's getting pretty good at it. You know, they draw defenders in, but they're really good at just seeing that pass and opening up the other players on their team. Um, I think that was something that was probably lacking in Ronaldo's game just for comparative purposes between him and and Messi. So that's something I really like to see. We got two teams where we have two players that are good at that. Um, That's what happened in the... uh, Was it the... It was the England game. Uh, Mbappe got the ball in the touchline. I think it was France's second goal. Um, and Bubba got the, the ball in touchline. He had five, I think it was four or five England players just like go at him. And they left. Uh, Too many? Uh, yeah. Just left them wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was England's first, first goal. goal. Um, they just left them wide open. Mm-hmm. And he got this chance to stop the box. It was a really long way out. But still. And I don't know how both teams are going to kind of cope with that. It's like, do you leave Mbappe one-on-one um, and Messi one-on-one? Because... Can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm interested to see what happens uh, with that tactic wise for both teams. Yeah. No, I think I'm leading Argentina too. But like you said, probably I'd be surprised if this doesn't go to extra time. To be honest. But extra time doesn't always translate to a good game. I you know I, I mean? do like, think it's gonna be like very cagey. It's gonna be a very yeah. cagey game. It's yeah. A, I'd, I'd be very like elaborate on cagey. Like. It's going to be the similar to the last cha- two Champions League finals. Okay. I, I'm going to see that happen. No one's really going to open up. I think both the, like, yeah. well, obviously, when, I, when any team that gets the World Cup final wants to win. Um, but there's just a lot of experience in both these teams. Um, where is that if you had a Morocco in here, I think a team like that would be like a lot more adventurous because I think they would know the pressure is totally on the other team and they would be able to like sniff that out. Yeah. So I think honestly, if Morocco was in here, they would probably be one of the more dangerous teams to play in the final. Um, like this final could have been Croatia, Morocco. Yeah. Like, which would have been interesting. Yeah. Nobody, nobody would want that. No offense to anyone that's Croatian or Morocco fans. Yeah. No one would want that, but I think that'd be more exciting of a game than this one would be. 
Yeah, no, because like I guess like, it, maybe like more thrills and spills. If Morocco was in the final, I think they ha- they would have so much support because like everyone's like, oh, like Morocco's in the final, and like I think the other team would really feel the pressure. I think both these teams, Argentina, France, are both really going to feel the pressure in kind of a similar way, and mm-hmm. it's going to translate on the field to just being very like very cagey. Yeah, like I said, that's going to just kind of balance the two teams out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see. Like chances will come just naturally in the game, but I don't see a team trying to maybe like overload one side or mm-hmm. you know do something mm-hmm. that's kind of out of the out of the norm of like a tactical like game because both these sides can counterattack just like that. Yeah, and you can you can turn like an easy easily turn one guy pinching in too soon or too early, getting caught on a break or something like that. That can easily be turned into like a three on one, four on two kind of scenario, mm-hmm. and you, you obviously don't want that to happen. Um, so my money's in France. The Twins go Argentina. Let's go, boys. Let's let's see what happens in this mm-hmm. game. Um, uh, I believe again the Golden Boot could be decided this match if Mbappe yeah. or uh, Messi score. Um, yeah, they each have five goals, so that's all. And Alvarez actually low key's got four. Drew's got yeah. four. So we could see some some moving and shaking in the you know in the top well, two positions, I guess. Um. For Golden Boot, um, I don't know if they even have like saves on here. I was just thinking, probably, I think the goalie for Morocco, uh, Bono, or even Livakovic for Croatia might win like the Golden Glove. I think they call it that. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe Martinez from Argentina actually is that a pretty pretty good showing as well this tournament. Um, I don't know if they do like a young guns kind of guy, like a young player of the tournament. Yeah, I don't know if they do that or anything. Uh, I think they do. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a hell of a, it's gonna be a good game. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's two teams that are very well deserving both of them. Let's just say that. Um, I don't think either neutral person watching this game will be you know pissed off either way. Whoever wins, um, maybe maybe if, maybe if France wins, like more people might be upset just because they already won it. Yeah, <laughs> um, Argentina hasn't won since eighty eight, eighty six. Yeah, eighty. 86? So I'll have to get on the keys. I know they won 78. What, they have two World Cups? No, they have like four. Argentina? Yeah. Three? Less than four, because I think Brazil has five, Italy has... F- no. Italy has, Italy has three? Four. Italy has we four. Have, we have four. They won in 78 and 86. Yeah. So they have two. Two. Okay. Good job. I thought they won before. I thought the one in the thirties. I thought they were one of those guys too. Uruguay. Uh, no, they've been they've been runners up in thirty. Uruguay twenty one of the thirties. Yeah. Same colors, blues and yeah. whites. It's like Stoke and uh, Sunderland. It is like Stoke and Sunderland. <laughs> yeah. Different, almost the same, but, but different. not. <laughs> no, not the same. <laughs> they bring that back home to the Premier they're League. They're probably like very, they're probably very big rivals. Speaking of Premier League, we'll have our next Premier League podcast probably coming up pretty soon, eh? Yeah. I mean, this tournament's going to be done. Resume play Boxing Day, I believe, yeah. the 26th. So soon after that, all you Premier League footy fans out there will uh, we'll get our Premier League action back um, to you guys. I'm sure we'll have a, like a, I'm sure we'll have like a podcast you know, reacting to the final mm-hmm. um, of this World Cup before that one comes out. But if not, you know, we'll have that one coming out to you guys soon, probably before the new year, I would hope. Because mm-hmm. um, that's a crazy spell of games that happen. Yes. Um, in a short period of time, so there'll be a lot to talk about there. But that's it for you guys. I think that's mm-hmm. it. 
Good. All right, so that was our World Cup preview final. If you want to listen to our World Cup preview show for the entire tournament, go back in the podcast archives, see what we got wrong, probably a lot of things. I think I picked Spain to win it all, so mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. Um, you, guys, you guys can look at that. You can find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well. This will be up on YouTube. This will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Anywhere you find your podcasts. We will tune in next week after the World Cup Final. See you, everyone. See you. Ciao.